We're continuing the book of Shemuel Aleph. We're on the 18th Pasuk. After Chana prays in Mishkan Shiloh, Eli sees her, and because she's praying without praying out loud, but only moving her lips, something that must not have been common back then and was introduced to the world by Chana, uh, he thought she was drunk. So she says, please don't consider me a wayward woman. And he uh, blesses her from here. We know that, by the way, that if you accuse someone of something they did not do, that the minhag is to give them a biracha. Why? Because he accused her of being drunk. And then she says, no, I'm not drunk. I'm just very sad. And then he immediately gave her a biracha that her tefillot should be answered. So then, and then she thanks him. She says, let your maidservant find favor in your eyes. She went on her way And she ate She was able to eat again Because before she wasn't able to eat Because she was so sad And she no longer had the long and sad face They got up in the morning Her and Eli Her and Elkanah And they uh, <coughs> bow before God one last time They pay their respects they go back and they, they return to their home. Haramata, that was in the Ramah, Ramatayim Tzofim, which was where? The mountains of Ephraim, right? It's at the beginning of the book. Yeah. And Elkanah was intimate with Chana, his wife. And God remembered her. Now, what does that mean, God remembered her? Had God forgotten her? No, they say, um, didn't we say that also in... It means it means she conceived. It's another way of saying it's as if it's as if Leon uh, on recording, if you don't mind. Um, if let's say a person is having is struggling with something, and then all of a sudden God, uh, the the suffering ends. Right, the struggling to have a child, they, they get a child. So you consider it as if God remembered them. Now, that's from their perspective. In reality, God never, had never forgotten them. But from their perspective, it's like God remembered me. So the Torah talks in the language of people. Okay, And it was after some time. She became pregnant, meaning like her, she started showing, it seems, because God had remembered her from the, the night of. And she had a child, she had a boy. And she called his name Shimuel, for I have borrowed him from God, which is a very deep idea that she recognizes that the child she's given is not her own, but it's a gift to her that God is lending her. It's a very good perspective to have on our, our, our things, anything we own, not only our children. These are all... Does it mean God listened, like he heard, or requested him from Hashem? Like Shamael. What? Does it mean like God heard me, not... Correct, okay, so no, not Shama as in, as in, there would have been an Ayn in the name. So that's something I'm going to address. I've requested him, borrowed him, same thing. Okay, I've, Lishol uh, something is to borrow. So, so, the question is though, his name is Shemuel, but it means, which should have been the name? Shuel. Shaul. Oh, Shaul, yeah. Who is somebody else completely. So what's going on? So the perush I heard, which I think is true, is the name has like a double meaning. Meaning, not only does it mean Shemuel, meaning he's 
given the name of God, Shemo'el, right? His name is God, meaning he has God's presence on him. She also said in describing him that he's, he's the borrowed one from God. Okay? So the real name is that he has the name of God upon him. And she also said as a side note that he is borrowed from God. He is requested from God. Again, it's a very, very deep idea. Requested from God. That's actually, might even be deeper. Like God requested him to happen. Like God went out of his way to make him happen. Okay, whatever. I don't know what you mean by that. It's Shailtiv means I, bar- I, I requested him from God. Anyways, it's, uh, again, it's very important to understand that all of our things are, are anything we are given in life is something on loan from a pie. And whenever you're borrowing somebody's item, you use it for the benefit of the, of the lender. Okay? Shailtiv means to borrow? Yeah, at least all something. Oh, 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 yeah, okay, fine. You could add, it could mean to request something, it could mean to borrow something. Okay. The, the, sh- the, the Shoresh has all of those meanings. Yeah. Now, they've translated it as to request. Let's see if somebody else... She'ela uvakasha, request. It's all the same thing. Now, probably the next year, probably around like Sukkot time, Elkanah, the man and his whole household, they went to bring their sacrifices, uh, the sacrifices of the day and his promises, or his promise that he brought to the Bit HaMikdash, because we said every year he would go into the, to the Mishkan Shiloh and bring offerings. So it became that time of year when Elkanah was going to go back. Hannah did not want to go with him. She's not, she did not go, because she said, oh, I'm going to wait until the child is weaned off my milk before I bring him to the Mishkan and then we will see the face of God and he will sit there and he will remain in the house of God forever and then Elkanah his wife his hus- her husband said <laughs> do what is good in your eyes you should uh, sit here or, or remain here until you wean him off just make sure God keeps his uh, let God keep his uh, side of the bargain meaning meaning um, make sure you don't do anything that causes God to not keep your side meaning you promised to give Shemuel to God right make sure that you act in accordance with your vow so that God keeps his side of the vow mm-hmm. but, and so she remained and she uh, uh, nursed the child until she weaned him off okay? she brought him with her when she weaned him with three cows with a efa of of a flower and with a flask, flask of wine for a, uh, for a nisuch for a libation but she brought him to the house of God and he was still a very young child or I think it also mean that and he still tender oh he was still tender that's how they're translating same thing no no but, uh, yeah but I thought there was another perush No, never mind. Okay. Uh, 
they sacrificed the par, or probably the parim, they sacrificed the cows, and they brought the child to Eli. She says, please my master, uh, let your uh, soul live on, master. I am that woman, who was standing here next to you uh, on this matter, to pray to God. On this, for this boy I prayed, and God gave me what I requested from him. Or he gave me the request that I requested from him. If you're translating literally. And now I have given him over to God. All of the days that he will live. He is lent or given to God. And he bowed there to God. It seems like Shemuel then officially bows down to God. So... Beautiful story of Hana. Again, the things I want to take away from the story are Hana um, is clearly the, the main character here. She's the, the, the most impressive character here. First of all, as I said before, the fact that she prays to herself shows that she understands that Borei Olam does not need loud prayer to hear. So she understands Borei Olam deeply. Then with her vow, she vowed to give Shimuel to God. First of all, it's an amazing thing that she recognizes that the gifts that Borei Olam gives should be used in the service of God. It's a lesson for all of us. When we have Biracha in our lives, how do you show Borei Olam appreciation for the Biracha? Use it to serve Him. By using the Biracha to serve Him. Right? So like, I know a lot of people that they, that they have struggled having children. So then they go and they make it their mission to help other people with things like IVF, you know. That's, that's, that's the way you, you bring zikhut, you know, that's the way you show appreciation to Borei Olam. When you take your struggle and you turn it into Biracha. So that's what we learned that from Hana. She couldn't have children, so she said, okay, I'll devote him to your service. We should all have the, the zikhut to do that. And then finally, uh, Elkanah, her husband, is, seems to not be as sophisticated as she is. So this is like a classic case where Tanakh portrays the woman as having a deeper intuition than the man. You know, when Elkanah came to her, he said, Am I not better than, for you than ten sons? And what he should have told her was, Hana, don't worry, you're better for me than ten children would have been. You know, he should have made, affirmed her instead of affirming himself. Um, and then finally, at the end of it, at the end of it, with the vow, he's eager to get her to send Shimuel over to the Beit HaMikdash, to, the, to Mishkan and Shiloh, and she says, No, I need to wait. That also shows a little bit of a... Of a, a she understands that Borei Olam is not like a petty god who is waiting for her to immediately pay up. She understands that this child has to be weaned off nursing before I take him to, the, to Mishkan Shiloh. He needs to be a, a child who's capable of serving God. So there's no point of offering him to God too soon. So that's why she says, I want to wait here and nurse him. And one other lesson you could take from it, to be honest, is that taking care of children at that very, very young age... She stayed home and did not go to the Mishkan Shiloh in order to do that. Meaning, raising the kids and giving them that strong foundation is more important than going to the Mishkan and offering your korbanot. And it's something Hana just understands intuitively. So, in the next chapter, we're going to study the song of Hana. Very, very fascinating song. And then we're going to move on with the story and start discussing the sons of Eli, who happen to not be as good as you'd expect them to be. Hey, Baruch Adonai Lulam. Amen. 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 Amen.